There is a question that many students of the Bible ask, but get few answers. More than that, it's a question that many have used against Christianity and their justification for remaining atheists or agnostics. And it is a legitimate question about God's fairness. The question is this, what is the fate of all who die without ever hearing or understanding the gospel of Jesus Christ? or even hearing merely the mention of his name. That is, what happens to those who die without ever having even a single chance to be saved from their sins? You know, the question stumps many who want to believe in a fair and just God, but who also believe that the Bible is his perfect word. If you've ever wondered what happens to these people, and you've never seen the powerful, reaffirming, hope-filled, written answer in the pages of your Bible then today's show is for you. Sit tight and stay tuned. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Tomorrow's World. Wherever you are, I hope you're in good health and happy circumstances. The topic today is a crucial one and addresses a question that's being asked more and more by people who are desperate for an answer. On one hand, the Bible declares plainly that there is a reward ahead for those who believe in Jesus Christ and who obey the gospel that he brought about the kingdom of God, living and reigning with him in that kingdom for all eternity. This is spoken of in simple terms by the Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 10. Therefore, I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. This is a faithful saying, for if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. Truly, those who endure to the end, as it says in many places in Scripture, indeed reign with Christ in glory throughout the coming millennium and then on into eternity. Yet the passage does not stop there. It continues in the rest of verse 12. If we deny him, he also will deny us. There is indeed a punishment for rejecting the gift of God and remaining in our sins. That punishment is discussed in more detail in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 26. For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation, which will devour the adversaries. Elsewhere, this fiery destruction and eternal death is referred to as the lake of fire. The reward and the punishment for both are very real and very permanent. And the Bible is very clear on these points. But what of the vast majority of humanity who have lived and died and have never had an opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ? God does provide an answer to this question in the scriptures. 
though it's overlooked by the vast majority of those who consider themselves Bible scholars. That answer is explained in great detail in the free booklet we'll offer later today in our program, Is This the Only Day of Salvation? Be sure to be prepared to note the contact information that we'll provide later today so you can order your free copy to study for yourself. So what of those who have never heard the gospel, those who have never had access in any way to the message and teachings of Jesus Christ or the beautiful truth of the Bible? The scriptures are clear that such people are still in sin. Many verses explain very clearly that ignorance does not make one righteous before God. Sin is the transgressing of God's law, as we're told in 1 John 3, 4. And a state of guilt and sinfulness is the universal condition of mankind. This is unequivocally stated by Paul in Romans chapter 3 and verse 23, where he says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Pretty straightforward. Ignorance is no excuse. Just like ignorance of a speed limit on a country highway cannot make you suddenly innocent of speeding. Yet there is something that bothers us when we look at the fact that God so lovingly created mankind in his very own image, in his very own likeness, with the purpose and potential to become his very own children for all eternity but that only a relative handful of all the men and women who have ever lived have ever had even a single chance to escape eternal destruction and have even the smallest hope of ever seeing God's purpose for them fulfilled. Now keep in mind here that we are speaking of the vast majority of humanity the literal billions upon billions of human beings who have ever walked the earth, felt the sun on their face, kissed their sons and daughters goodnight, or looked up into the nighttime sky wondering, is this all there is? In his book, What the Bible Says About Salvation, author Virgil Warren writes, Even some 2,000 years after the Great Commission, that is, the command to spread Jesus' message to the world, more people in the world have not heard the gospel than have heard it. As we consider this, the eternal fate of most of the people who have ever lived and died, those who have never had a chance for salvation, we may be prompted to ask, as righteous Abraham did thousands of years ago, as recorded in Genesis 18:25. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Does the Bible really say that God will condemn the tens upon tens of billions who have walked the earth, the vast majority of his creation, humankind, to die eternally in condemnation without even a single opportunity to escape their fate? It's a big topic, admittedly bigger than our time here together is going to allow us to completely cover but we can begin to take a big bite out of it today. And the free booklet that we're sending out today will show you the details that we don't have time for. For today, during the remainder of this program, let's examine what the Bible says about the two main positions that people take on this vital question. And as usual, we're going to base our findings and conclusions completely on God's inspired word, the Holy Scriptures. But I don't want you to take my word for anything I'm saying today. Don't just believe something is the Bible truth 
Just because some purpose, uh, some person with letters after his name or some fancy religious title has told you that it is and has quoted some scriptures at you. Don't believe me. Believe your Bible. That has been our approach to teaching the Bible here in the ministry that's behind the Tomorrow's World program for the better part of a century. And we are not changing that approach anytime soon. Don't just take my word for it. And don't take any other preacher's word for it, even if he is better looking than me. Put these things to the test and prove them for yourselves. But before we take a look at the controversy, let me mention the free booklet that we're sending out to viewers today that will lay out for you the answer to this emotional and difficult question using the words of your own Bible. It's called, Is This the Only Day of Salvation? This booklet will help you to understand the truth of this matter that escapes so many others and leaves so many in needless worry and doubt. And if you're new to Tomorrow's World, don't worry. We do not ask for money or donations. And when you call or write, we are not going to do so. Our work is completely supported by volunteers all over the globe who have come to believe in the biblical gospel that we preach and in the work of Jesus Christ. So this book is available at no charge whatsoever. Many thousands have been comforted by this amazing truth. Prove for yourself what the Bible says about this question. Call us today. This informative booklet is yours absolutely free. No cost, no obligation. If you call this toll-free number, 1-800-718-4800. That number once again is 1-800-718-4800. Call now or send your request to Tomorrow's World, P.O. Box 3800, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28227. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World. Call now. Welcome back. Today, we're wrestling with the question that is addressed in the booklet you just saw on your screen. What is the fate of those who die without ever hearing even the name of Jesus Christ, let alone his message and teachings, never having had their chance to escape their fate and their ignorance? Again, as Abraham once asked, will not the judge of all the earth do right? The booklet we're sending out today to everyone who requests it will answer this question for you out of your own Bible, beyond the shadow of a doubt. But today, let's examine the two major positions that people often take on this issue and then consider them for ourselves in the light of Scripture. First, is it possible that God will simply ignore the fact that those who died in ignorance did not know Christ or commit their lives to obeying the gospel? There are many who think that he will do just that and save perhaps the best and most sincere of these people anyway. Is this so? Can one be saved apart from hearing, believing, and obeying the message of Christ? When we look at the scriptures, we must say no. Turn with me if you have a Bible with you and look at John chapter 17 in verse 3. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, 
the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Now, some will say, but what about passages like Romans chapter 1 and verse 20 or the 19th Psalm, which speak of knowing about God through his creation, which we all have access to, uh, the night sky, the wonders around us. Can they not give us a knowledge of God? Well, yes, these things can teach us many things about various aspects of God's nature and character and power. But these simply cannot bring a person to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ or his message of the kingdom of God for the need for repentance from dead works or even what those dead works are. Paul makes this clear in Romans chapter 10, beginning in verse 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Someone must preach the message for someone to believe it and act on it. As he says later in verse 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, the scriptures reveal the status of those ignorant of the message and teachings of Christ very clearly. Turn to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 12. Speaking to Gentiles who in their previous lives were unfamiliar with the laws and ways of God, the apostle Paul says, at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise having no hope and without God in the world. No, in the end, we must agree with Jesus Christ himself as he says in the book of John, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There are not multiple paths to God and there is no side door to salvation. We cannot deny that the message of Scripture is that one must really know God the Father and Jesus Christ in order to have access to eternal life. The Bible is clear on this point, as we prove more thoroughly in the booklet that we're offering today. So, does that mean that the opposite position on the question is true? That is, unlike those who would simply extend salvation to those who did not know the saving message of the gospel in this life and who did not really know God the Father or Jesus Christ that their sins could actually be forgiven, many others argue that such people who died in ignorance are condemned to eternal death even without a single chance to escape their fate. After all, they were sinners when they died, plain and simple. Is this the answer? We must be willing to accept the words of Scripture, regardless where they lead, if we claim to be a follower of Jesus Christ. But does the Bible give us reason to doubt this conclusion? Yes, it does. Consider these Scriptures. We're told explicitly in Romans in chapter 2 and verse 11, For there is no partiality with God. In fact, this attribute of God's fairness is so important to Him that he states it three times in his word. 
We could look also at Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 9 or Acts chapter 10 and verse 34. If God takes the time to tell you something three times, I'd say it's important. God's fairness is unimpeachable. What does this say about how he will handle those who have never had an opportunity to hear the truth? If we're going to be honest with ourselves, some of these men, women, and children probably would have been even more willing and eager to accept that truth than you or I were when it came to us. Let's look too in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. Here Christ's leading apostle in the first century tells us that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And in Ezekiel 33 verse 11, we're told that God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Yet why would an all-powerful and all-knowing God create a plan in which he creates mankind in his very own image, yet in which the vast majority of that creation is virtually destined irreversibly to perish and die for all eternity, dead as a child of Adam, yet with no access to the salvation available through Jesus Christ. There are so many verses to consider here, but let's look at just one. John 3.16 says that God gave His only begotten Son because He so loved the entire world, not just the lucky few. You know, this ministry is a global ministry. We travel to far-flung places of the earth with the truth of Jesus Christ's gospel of the kingdom of God. And I tell you, there is a hunger for that truth that puts most Western societies to shame. Is God so weak and powerless that those who die before the truth could get to them, no matter how hungry they were for it or how eagerly they would have accepted it, are lost without hope for eternity? Simply unlucky? Not just unsaved, but unsavable. Or is God so capricious and uncaring that it doesn't matter to him that most of humanity has never had a choice or even access to salvation? By the authority of God's word, we can say that neither of these things is true. God is not weak or powerless. He is not capricious or uncaring. And we must reject this position as well based on the truth of God's word. So then we're at an impasse. The scriptures say that God wishes to extend salvation to all mankind, yet most have never had access to it. On the other hand, God will not lower his standards. And faith in Jesus Christ and obedience to the gospel is an absolute requirement. So what's the resolution? The fact is, the scriptures do back some parts of both positions because each position gets some things right and something's wrong. But the truth is far more powerful and wonderful than either position admits. We'll begin to take a small look at what the Bible really says on that point in just a moment. But first, I want to give you another opportunity to request a free booklet that answers today's question in powerful detail straight out of your own Bible. It's titled, Is This the Only Day of Salvation? You know, the cover isn't very fancy and it may not seem like much, but in our experience here at Tomorrow's World, the truth of God is very simple for those who have a willing heart and eyes open to see it. The question we've been discussing today is completely covered in this booklet in simple language. In its pages, you will find many of the biggest questions of life and faith addressed. What is God doing in the world today? 
What is salvation anyway? What is the purpose of humanity? What is the fate of those who have never heard the gospel? This book will address so many questions that have been misunderstood by so many. And it does so with the clear light of the Bible and the teachings of Jesus Christ. Call us today for your free copy. This informative booklet is yours absolutely free. No cost, no obligation. If you call this toll-free number, 1-800-718-4800. That number once again is 1-800-718-4800. Call now or send your request to Tomorrow's World, P.O. Box 3800, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28227. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World. Call now. Welcome back. We have covered a lot of ground today and found ourselves at an impasse. How will God give a first opportunity for salvation to the billions upon billions who died never hearing the truth, some never even hearing the name of Jesus Christ, while at the same time refusing to lower his standards, requiring faith in Jesus Christ alone and real repentance of sins? Now, while we don't have the time to go into the beautiful truth that is covered thoroughly in the booklet we're offering today, we do have enough time to get started. While God does speak of a resurrection to eternal life to come at the return of Jesus Christ, and he does speak of a lake of fire into which the incorrigibly wicked are ultimately cast, resulting in eternal death, there is a resurrection spoken of in the Bible in which people long dead are brought back to physical life for a time of learning and judgment. It is the mysterious second resurrection mentioned in the book of Revelation. Turn there with me to Revelation chapter 20. The setting at the beginning of this chapter is the future return of Jesus Christ in power and might. Verse 4 of this chapter speaks of the thrones and authority given to the saints of God, resurrected to eternal life at Christ's return, that they might rule with him for the next thousand years. But what do we read in verse 5? But the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Now notice, a first resurrection implies a second. And we are told that it happens after the thousand-year reign of Christ and the saints, a time period described by other scriptures in the Old and New Testaments in which the earth will be rejuvenated and the law and ways of God will be taught throughout the earth. It is after this time that the rest of the dead are resurrected. The next verse makes clear that this second resurrection is not yet to eternal life, but to physical life, still subject to eternal death. Let's read in verse 11 to discover what awaits those in this resurrection. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, 
and books were opened. Now, the Greek here for books is the word biblia, or as we would say, Bible. This is the very word from which we get the name of the Bible. For many in this resurrection, this will be their very first experience with the Bible. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books or the Bible. Here it says that the dead are judged. But don't misunderstand. While this is a resurrection of judgment, that does not mean it's a resurrection of condemnation. The biblical concept of judgment is often horribly misunderstood and is usually considered synonymous with condemnation or destruction. But consider the Old Testament book of Judges where it says that Eli judged Israel for 40 years. Samson judged Israel for 20 years. Tola judged Israel for 23 years. We, we could go on and on. Did these men just walk around ancient Israel day by day for decades and decades pronouncing condemnation? No, they ruled and carried authority in their decisions. In the New Testament, we read that true Christians who have died and been buried with Christ in the waters of baptism are being judged now over the course of their lifetimes here on earth, according to the Apostle Peter. Does judges there mean condemnation? No, judgment can take place over the course of an entire lifetime. In fact, when this second resurrection is understood, so many other passages of Scripture make so much more sense. Jesus' teachings about the future resurrection of Jews and Gentiles together in Luke chapter 11 and Matthew 11, his comment about future ages of forgiveness in Matthew chapter 12, the future spiritual salvation of Israelites long dead and gone mentioned in Romans chapter 11 and described in detail in Ezekiel chapter 37. While God will give no one a second chance, he absolutely will give everyone a real first chance. And for many, that first chance will be in the second resurrection. God is great. He is just and he is fair. And we can rest assured that no one falls through the cracks in his glorious plan you really must get your copy of the booklet that we're offering today so you can prove these things for yourself out of your own Bible. The truth of this matter is too beautiful for you to go another day without understanding it. And please tune in again to us next week on this channel where we here at Tomorrow's World will again bring you a topic you cannot afford to miss and will give you the plain truth of the Bible without excuse and without apology. We'll see you right here next week. This informative booklet is yours absolutely free, no cost, no obligation, if you call this toll-free number, 1-800-718-4800. That number, once again, is 1-800-718-4800. Call now or send your request to Tomorrow's World, P.O. Box 3800, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28227. To view today's program, order the free literature offered, or for more information on today's vital subject, visit us online at www.tomorrowsworld.org.
preceding program is produced by the Living Church of God.